Welcome to the AFW College Podcast. My name is Jordan Ramirez. I'm back with College Pastor Ben Moss. We're here to bring you all some more encouraging content to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus as a college student. And we are doubly excited to be starting a new series this morning that will be continuing for really the next couple of months, uh, focused entirely on spiritual disciplines. We just finished a series on spiritual gifts, and that was super fun. We loved it. But now uh, it just only seemed natural to follow that up with a series of conversations about these foundational spiritual disciplines uh, of our faith and really of our lives, I can say, yeah. Ben. Th- these are these are things that have formed us, shaped us, that we've um, prioritized in our lives and have made uh, just our lives so much, so much more fruitful because of it. So, Ben, as we just get started, two questions for you. Uh, really, what what are spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. and then why are we dedicating so much time to talk about them on this podcast? That's awesome. Well, man, we've been doing spiritual gifts, now spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to be spiritual yeah, around here, all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Jordan, like a lot of things, I'm going to use a story related to golf. Uh, to... I was going to say missions, but golf, oh! golf is a close second. Yeah, golf is definitely second to, to missions, missions. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it's about a guy named Jack Nicholas. I'll get around to your question question about spiritual disciplines. Okay, so uh, Jack Nicklaus uh, is a golfer. He played for 17 years, and he won 68 tournaments. You ever heard of Jack Nicklaus? No. Great. All right. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, And 15 of those 68 tournaments that he won were majors. And if you do the math, that's an average of four tournaments a year for 17 years in a row. No golfer on the PGA Tour ever came close to matching that statistic. Hmm. But in 1979... Jack Nicholas didn't win a single tournament. Mm. You can imagine he was frustrated because he was a winner. He was used to winning. So he went back to his swing coach at the time, and he said, swing coach, yeah, name. <laughs> I've never played golf before, and I've never seen a golf course. I've never held a golf club. Teach me to play the, go- the game of golf again. Mm. You're talking about a champion. You're talking about a guy that had won tournament after tournament. Mm. And the point was he needed a reset on his fundamentals. Mm. He needed a reset on the basics of the game. That next year, Jack Nicholas won two majors. Yeah. Incredible feat. Mm-hmm. Why do I say that? Well, I think sometimes, Jordan, even in the Christian life, we can go through it thinking, oh yeah, we need to love God and mm-hmm. you know, we need to be a good person, but we forget to give our time to the basics. Yeah. We forget to give our time to the things that may actually be a huge part of helping us to grow and cultivate intimacy and love yeah. and devotion to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the basics a little bit. Yeah. And that's really what spiritual disciplines are. They are basics that help us grow in our intimacy and love for the Lord. Yes. Basic things. Mm-hmm. And I love the way Paul describes this in, in 1 Timothy 4, mm-hmm. verses 7 through 8. He says, Have nothing to do with irreverent silliness. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of a value in every way, mm-hmm. as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're anything like me, Jordan, we like to train our physical bodies. Yeah right? For healthy living. So we want to eat right. We want to exercise regularly. But oftentimes I get convicted and I have to ask myself that with the same intentionality that I'm trying to help my body grow physically, 
am I helping my soul to grow spiritually? Yeah. Am I nourishing my soul? Am I nourishing my spirit with things that are going to lead to godliness? Yeah. And that's what spiritual disciplines help us to do. Mm-hmm. Whether it's prayer, fasting, worship, scripture reading, and the ones that we're going to be talking about, yeah. you will always get a return on your investment <laughs> yeah. for investing time in a spiritual discipline. Yeah. There are things that help connect us to greater godliness. Yes. And I, I think that analogy of like the training of the body and the training of the spirit is so, uh, works so well. You know, we, we all want, uh, just like athletes, you know, they, they all dream of scoring that big touchdown, you know, making yeah. those big, those big, incredible, incredible, like feats of just freakish athleticism. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's really that, that it's the same way for us as Christians. Like, I think we all have had those like mm. desires to really be used by God, like, mm. like God, do something powerful yes. through me. Yes. Help me lead someone, you know, to you. Do do this big miracle through me. Like that would be so cool. But very few of us want to put in that that relational work mm. that forms us into the the woman or man that God wants to use. Yes, and that's what these spiritual disciplines do when they become just part of our our rhythms, just our consistency. They really change us into the kind of person that God wants to use. That's good for incredible ways. That's uh, good, Jordan. And it's how we build relationship with Him. It's how we really get to know Him. Yes, um, how we find the motivation to serve Him, to obey Him, and all those things. Uh, so as we talk about all these disciplines, what we want to do is just uh, teach you about them, tell you what they're about, and then. equip you guys to to be able to practice these and live these out make them a part of your rhythms of your routines um because these are i mean these are big tools in the tool belt like these are (laughs) these are major major uh tools for every christian to use uh and most of them are not they're not creative they're simple yeah they're they're things you've heard about a hundred times yes uh but so much that even people really at some point, feel like they can draw away from these yes. super basic practices. Yeah, but we can't. As as followers of Jesus, these are things that we're going to have to do our entire lives. Yeah, and you know what I love about what you're saying there. When you brought up that verse about Jesus saying, "Those who are faithful in the little will be ruled over much," mm-hmm. I think Jesus, when he was thinking faithful in the little, he had spiritual disciplines yeah. in his mind, right? Right. And I just want to encourage anybody who's listened to this. You know, if you want to change the world for Jesus. Start with the little things. Mm-hmm. Like start, try on the shirt of spiritual disciplines and yeah, yeah. and and see how the Lord might use that in your own life to be a blessing to others. Yeah. Man, that's so good. And and so we're gonna this episode, we're gonna give you the first one of these. And man, Let's let go. me let me tell you, this is uh this is Ben Moss's jam. He's just been chomping at the bit to get into this conversation. <laughs> uh he's never hesitant to talk about this this spiritual discipline because he loves it so much. Uh we're really just letting him off the leash on this one. He's been really stretching it. And so what we're gonna be talking about today is the uh the spiritual discipline of the Sabbath. Sabbath is something you've uh, probably heard about. Mm-hmm. Not really sure what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that some Old Testament thing? You know, whatever. What's going on there? Um, but it is so, uh, so such such a blessing to yes. us. Um, truly, a, a gift from God. Jesus says. Jesus says the, the Sabbath was created for man. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a gift straight from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, what it is is just a a mm-hmm. a day or a period of time mm-hmm. just to rest mm-hmm. and refuel. Yeah. Um, and it, it is the only one of these spiritual disciplines that we're talking about that is actually one of the Ten Commandments. Wow. So God cares about it so much that on a short list of ten things to do, yeah, he <laughs> said, 
honor do, the Sabbath. Do this one. <laughs> uh, so it's important. We want to talk about it. Um, and so, so Ben, mm-hmm. just tell us, get us started here. When, when did this discipline of practicing a Sabbath become important to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, like most things in life, I had to learn... Uh, the hard way <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on on this one. And, you know, I love how, man, sometimes God uses our suffering and our trials to bring about something good mm-hmm. uh, in our lives. And I didn't realize how much I needed a, a heart for this uh, really until about uh, four years ago. So this is pretty fresh, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that uh, I was working on my PhD at mm-hmm. TCU and I was launching our, our college ministry here. And uh, I remember I would just get to the end of my days just feeling totally worn out. Mm. And it wasn't like one week, but it was like week after week, month after month, literally year after year. Uh, And about the third or fourth year of my program, I just was, the, the tank was low. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know how yeah. you got to get that that tank refueled on your car and 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 mm-hmm. I was running on empty. Wow. And I remember going to uh, one of my mentors at the time and I just said I I'm feeling tired. Like I'm I'm just kind of feeling worn out. Mm. And it wasn't like I was giving my time to bad things. You right. know that they mm-hmm. they were all good things. It's just that I didn't have any margin to get refreshed. Yeah. I didn't have any space to be able to get refueled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my mentor said pray about it. <laughs> okay. Great advice. Great advice. Great Can't go wrong. Yes, great advice, mentor. So I prayed about it, and uh, I I felt like the Lord said, Ben, I want to take you on a journey of learning how to rest well. And you know, my immediate response was like, God, you see my calendar, you yeah. see my schedule here. Uh, I don't think I really have time for rest. And can I just say, if that phrase ever comes out of your mouth, I don't have time for rest. It's usually an indication. You need some rest, right? Yeah. It, it, that's a that's a engine light on mm-hmm. moment where you can realize, hey, maybe I do need to take some rest. That's true. Um, and so I started to go on this journey. And you know, I uh, one of the things that I was realizing is that when I say rest or, or resting well, um, God wasn't telling me to check out. He wasn't mm-hmm. saying, you know, don't keep doing the things that you're doing. Right. He was just inviting me, hey, consider setting aside a little bit of margin yeah, yeah. in your week to mm-hmm. be able to engage with me. Because otherwise, you can think of the Sabbath and just go, okay, uh, you know, this is a time to just drop everything that I'm doing, you know, and yeah. um, that's not what God's saying when he's saying rest well. Uh, what I think he is saying is what Exodus thirty-one seventeen says, when it says, it will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. Mm. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. Yeah. Jordan, when I read that verse for the first time, it was a mind blower, mm. because I thought to myself, God, like you actually rested and refre- and were refreshed. Yeah. You are literally the God who created the entire universe. You have access to infinite energy. Right. And still you chose to rest. Yeah. People ask, well did God need the rest? The answer is we don't know. Yeah. But he decided to rest. Mm-hmm. So God began to take me on this journey of reframing my view of the Sabbath is not just for people who can't push through things or for people who are really, really burnt out, you yeah. know, <laughs> uh, but that when I practice the Sabbath, I'm I'm tapping into that part of God's nature. Right Now, for achieving personalities like me, mm-hmm. that can be really difficult uh, because we think to ourselves, you know, God, I need all seven days to get done everything that I've got to get done in my week. Mm -hmm. But Sabbath keeping is actually a form of worship. 
Mm. And it's actually a form of sacrifice because what you're really saying when you choose to set aside a little space, and we'll talk more about specifically what that looks like, you're saying, God, I believe that you can do more in six days than I can do with seven. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's also saying like, you know, because again, Jesus says that the Sabbath was made for man as we as we reject the Sabbath and say that we don't need it, what we're saying is, God, this good gift you've given me, I'm just going to ignore it. I don't yeah. need it. Uh, maybe you had a reason for it, but I don't need it. You know, like you're saying, maybe that's for, maybe that's for the really weak, you know, maybe that's yeah. for the people who are, uh, or, you know, for people like you who are in ministry, maybe that's for people who uh, aren't doing God's work all the time yeah. or uh, something like that. Maybe they need to rest, but I'm doing something that's really important. Uh, but no, we're, we should we should believe God when He says, "Hey, you're going to need this day off, mm. um, you know, or these hours off, or whatever it may be," uh, and and honor that and be like Him in that way. It's mm. um, good because I, I think I think another really important thing that the Sabbath does to us uh, or for us is it refocuses us on on what is most important. Yes. You know, um, you know, it refuels us. It's rest. You know, it, it helps us for the week to come to, to be able to do the work more diligently. But mm-hmm. also, it, it refocuses us on the truth that our work is not what sustains us. Right. Yes. You know, we don't need another day of work. That's not going to sustain us. Mm. Uh, but what we what does sustain us is God's work. You know, or or His mercy, His grace. His provision, his affection, all those things, uh, and we need a day to withdraw from the things that that we've been putting our hands to all week that we've that we dedicate ourselves to, um, and a, and just take time just to fix our eyes back on God and tell Him, "You're still the most important thing. You're still uh, I will I will sacrifice that in order just to to be with you and to honor you." Mm-hmm. Um, and He honors us back by refueling us mm-hmm. and making us uh, enriching us and and f- filling our tanks. Once mm-hmm. again, okay. So Ben, if you had to just define the Sabbath very clearly, uh, what what would you say it is? Just in its barest form, in its simplest form, how would you define it? Here it is. Mm-hmm. Sabbath is a block of time where we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. Mm. And I want to narrow in just a little bit on that we stop work piece mm. because I think that really does start to get it at kind of the heart of what God is inviting us into in the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You know, in Genesis 2-3, it says that God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. We've been talking about the Sabbath day. Yeah. And then it says, because on it, he rested from all the work mm. of creating that he had done. Again, God rested from his work. Yeah. So when we practice the Sabbath, we're, we're tapping into that part of God's nature. Mm-hmm. Um, now that word bless, when it says that God blessed the seven day, seventh day, it comes from a Greek word barak, okay, which mm-hmm. represents or means the ability to procreate or make more life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So when God says, I'm blessing the Sabbath, it means essentially he set aside an entire day to simply make more life. Wow. And I think that is why <laughs> God chose to work six and rest for one. Yeah. So God barocks or he blesses three things in our creation story in mm-hmm. Genesis. You guys all know this. He blesses living creatures and he says, be fruitful and increase in number. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he blesses humans and he says, be fruitful and increase in number. Mm-hmm. And then finally, he blesses the seventh day. So he blesses living creatures, humans, and then a day. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, God? Yeah. Uh, huh. Interesting strategy there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's because no matter how much we love our work, which it's good to love your work, 
there's a part of us that's made for rest. Mm. God is a rest-keeping God, and we're created in his image. So therefore, there's a part of us that's designed for rest. And you know this, Jordan. In life, there's always going to be more opportunities than there is time to pursue them. Always, always, yeah. (laughs) But can I just say opportunity, or maybe even a better word for it is invitation, to rest at some point in your week is one invitation that's never going to grow old. It's never going to run dry. It's always going to lead to more life because we're made for it. Mm -hmm. And something that I think is so interesting about that that seventh day, and then you we talk about it being a commandment, and you put up there the uh, the Exodus verse where uh, God, you know, puts this over the Israelites as a sign between them that then on the seventh day they'll rest. I think it's so interesting that that is the only command that's given for that day is just to rest. Like wow. there's no uh, nowhere in Scripture does it say that you know on the seventh day you'll be at church. Or like yes. on the seventh day, <laughs> you'll be uh, worshiping extra or you'll be praying extra. Mm. It doesn't tell you how to rest, mm. right? It doesn't, uh, there's no prescription on what you need to be doing on that day. <laughs> but all God's saying is rest. And we, what we know is even in that, yeah. from the Exodus story, like that, even picking up sticks, he's like, no, don't do any work. Yes. What I'm telling you to do is just rest. Yeah. You have this day just to rest. Mm. Um but since it's so uh, so open ended there that all you have to do is rest, my next question for you, Ben, is what does that look like for you? You know, uh, yeah, just a day of rest. How how do you make the most out of that day to make it most restful? So tell tell us a little bit about how you rest on the Sabbath, and also how listeners can really get started with this spiritual discipline. Yeah, what I love about what you just said there, Jordan, is that rest looks different for different people, and that's okay. Yeah, and so your rest probably doesn't look like playing eighteen holes of golf, Mm-mm. which I would never do. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, our, our rests are going to look different because we mm-hmm. have different personalities, right? Yeah. And, and that's okay. And I think that's part of the reason why God left it open-ended. Yeah. Um, so one practical I would give is just do what's realistic and right for you. Yeah. Um, because that is going to be unique. Uh, depending on your stage and your season of life, you may or may not be able to take a full day's Sabbath rest. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's freeing. Okay, yeah. it's all right. You know, you don't have to take the full day. It might be a half day. Uh, it might be even just a few hours one afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biblical, you know, kind of context of this, the background of this, would be uh, from sun up to sundown. Right. So a twenty-four hour window. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I. I also recognize that a lot of us, uh, we don't have time for that, and that's okay. College students, you guys get a lot going on in your world. Uh, I remember for college, one of the things I started with was like, hey, I'm just going to set aside about three hours on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to work on my schoolwork. Um, I'm not even going to hang out with friends, so that, that's a good thing. But right. I'm just going to set aside some time uh, to, to be with the Lord. So uh, do what's realistic for you, I think, mm-hmm. would be my, my first encouragement. Um, the second encouragement I would give is make a list of I wills and I will not on the Sabbath. Okay, yeah. because if you don't do this, the Sabbath will have no time, no problem filling up your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It, it'll be really easy for you to figure <laughs> out things to do. But if you're intentional with it and you structure it out and you ask the Holy Spirit about what are some wills and will nots, mm-hmm. I think you can actually find even more life in it. So yeah. you know, for me, some wills are you know I will do things that are going to restore my soul. They're going to be restorative. Uh, getting in God's Word, reading an encouraging book, um, watching Tiny House, 
though it's great, it's <laughs> it's not restorative, okay, <laughs> to, to my yeah. soul. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ever watch that? Uh, I have seen an episode. Oh. I th- because you talked about it so much, I was like, what is it? <laughs> What is Tiny House? Uh, if you're also confused on what Tiny House is, go look, go watch an episode. Don't yeah. binge it. It gets dangerous. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't binge it. <laughs> um, you know, and that's a, that's a great question to ask. Do I know the things that are restorative for myself? That is so important. Right? Do, mm-hmm. do I know the things that are going to bring me life? Uh, my wife, Sunday afternoon, her ritual, her routine is to go grab a, a cup of coffee at Summer Moon and then go for a walk along the river. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it takes her about two, two and a half hours. She comes back a different person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you can go do that. You know, yeah. that that is great for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me a cup of coffee at Summer Moon. I don't like coffee and I don't <laughs> love coffee shops. OK, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's not going to be restorative to me. Mm-hmm. Um so make a list of things that you will do mm-hmm. that are going to be restorative. And then the flip side of that is make a list of things that you will not do. Mm-hmm. For me, it's really, and I'm just saying for me, okay, it's really helpful to not engage in work-related tasks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things I realized as I was starting to take a Sabbath is I thought the Sabbath was the time to check off all the things that I didn't get done during the week. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the logistical items. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that's not actually refreshing, you yeah. know? So maybe I need to get those done at another time in mm-hmm. the week. Uh, something else for me that I learned is uh, I don't need to go buy like that, those AirPods, you know, that I've been waiting for for a couple of months. Yeah. I don't know why I said AirPods. <laughs> yeah. um, on the Sabbath, because uh-huh. the Sabbath is an opportunity to pause, reflect, and be thankful for what I already do have, right? Good. To be content in who I am mm-hmm. in Him. And if I'm just consumed with getting more, I may not get to experience the fullness of that. So make a little list of I wills and I will nots. Yeah. Um, Question. Num- yeah, does yeah, that, yeah. Does, would you say that that has to include, uh, I mean, for us, pro- mm-hmm. it, it pro- would include a, you know, extra long time with God in the morning, extra prayer at some point, you know, maybe you're worshiping at a little more throughout the day. Um, do you think that's always something that, that should be incorporated mm-hmm. in the Sabbath, a little more? time with God or, or, you know, how does, how does a restorative mm. action, yeah. you know, differ from maybe like something we would consider as Relaxing. a religious activity even? Yeah. yeah. I think you got to do both, um, okay. on your Sabbath time. You know, I, I would say, yeah, do, do a little uptick in either worship or the amount of time that you're in the word and prayer and journaling. You know, that's, that's helpful. That's going to be spiritually mm-hmm. nourishing to you, but it's also spiritual to go out and do something that, that refreshes you, yeah. you know, and, and brings you life. And so, you know, if you could break, if you had a four hour window, do two hours of each, you know, yeah. break up your time into, into 15, 50. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And it, I just have to say, I love when you, I think the first time I heard you talk about uh, that restorative piece, and it's different from like recreational activity mm-hmm. uh, and how, man, how true that is. Just because like I could easily fill that up with recreational like video games, you know, that would be so easy for me to do is play four hours of video games, 100% of the time being just video games. Uh, <laughs> but then you're just, you just feel you don't feel more alive after yeah. that much video games, you yeah. know, um, or after that many episodes of whatever TV show you're watching. Totally. Uh, so making that that making that um, that differentiation between the two is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the things that you like are convinced 
you need to do mm-hmm. while you're resting. Like you, it's just a rhythm of your life. So that's what you do when you have mm-hmm. free time. Mm-hmm. Really evaluate those things and just realize, like figure out, is that actually something that's bringing me life? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is it something I've just fallen into a routine, a routine of doing? Is it actually making me more anxious that I keep, you know, mm-hmm. doing this thing that, that I, yeah. doesn't bring me life? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all important questions to ask. Sure, sure. And those things, some of those things you described, they're they're not bad, right? right within themselves, mm-hmm. it's just, am I doing more of the things that are going to bring me life, and less of the things that aren't, you know, yes. on on the Sabbath? So, mm-hmm. uh, another practical, I would say, this is going to be a shocker. Rest. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Hebrews four eleven says, "Let us therefore strive to enter the rest that God provides." Wow. The only striving that we see in Scripture is to enter into the rest that God provides. Mm-hmm which means that we're not going to do perfectly every time. Right. And there's there's a journey of learning how to do that well. Mm-hmm. You and I, Jordan, are limited resources, and it's good to set aside you know, time to rest, mm-hmm. even as a, as a part of the Sabbath. Um, so get, get physical rest, you know, sleep, yeah. take a nap, mm-hmm. uh, mental and emotional rest, calm down, relax, breathe, maybe reflect some on the week, mm-hmm. uh, spiritual rest. Uh, there's a great book uh, by a guy named Pete Scazzaro called Emotionally Healthy Leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete says this about the Sabbath. He says, six days a week, we populate the agenda, but on the seventh day, let God populate the agenda. Mm. Set aside some time to let God initiate with you. And one of the things I love about the Sabbath is it really does give me an opportunity to drop my to-do list. Yeah, It's a time set aside for me to get off of the drug of production, which sometimes I can pursue, and remember that my value is not found in what I produce. Yeah, My value is found in who I am in Christ. Yes, And that's a wonderful part of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last practical, uh, can I keep rolling? Keep last going. one here. I can say is, I would say is just practice silence and solitude. Um, mm. uh, I w- will just say, I think my favorite resource on spiritual disciplines in general, mm-hmm. um, is a book called Celebration of Discipline by a guy named Richard Foster. Uh, and I want to encourage you if you want to grow in uh, any discipline, uh, the Sabbath, silence and solitude, this is a great resource for you. But here's what Richard Foster says about science and solitude. He says, silence and solitude is not about being alone in order to be away from people, but in order to hear the divine whisper better. Mm. I love that. Uh, You can be a desert hermit and never experience solitude, right? Yeah. Uh, Because part of of solitude is to listen, is to tune in to hearing from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus was the master at solitude. Yes. He's the master at a lot of things, but uh, especially solitude. Just a couple of examples for us. Uh, in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, Jesus inaugurates his ministry by spending 40 days alone in solitude in the desert. Yeah. That's the kickoff to his ministry. Mm-hmm. In Luke 6 through 12, uh, before he chooses the 12, uh, he spends the night alone in the desert. Yeah. Uh, in Matthew 14, 23, after this miraculous feeding of the 5,000, it says that Jesus went up into the hills by himself. Mm-hmm. In Mark 6, 31, after the 12 have returned from an amazing day mm-hmm. of preaching and healing, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus then instructs the disciples, come away by yourselves to a lonely place. Come away and be with me. Come yeah. away and spend time with me. After this miracle, this great thing has happened, come and be with me. Yeah. In Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9, as the stage for the transfiguration, Jesus seeks out silence and solitude Mm. by going to a lonely mountain with three of his disciples. 
And then finally, in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46, preparing for his highest and most holy work, Jesus seeks the silence of the Garden of Gethsemane. All throughout Jesus's life, he's withdrawing to spend time with the Father. He's wow. a master at mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love, man, in the American church that we prioritize community. Mm-hmm. I think that is a real gift, and I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But community without solitude is only a partial view, I think, of what it means to walk closely with the Lord. I can't just rely on you, or I just can't rely on life group. Like There are parts of following God and walking closely with Him that He wants us to experience in solitude, uh, individually with Him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it this way, Let him who cannot be alone be aware of community, and let him who is not in community beware of being alone. (laughs) So we need both. Um, but you know, in college, this idea of solitude, it it was really foreign to me. And Mm -hmm. I remember as I was just starting out, um, I would go and I'd try it out and I'd be like, that was horrible, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and and that's okay. It's okay to fail at it. Uh, but I, I just, as I started to do it a little bit more, you know, going for walks, um, I was just learning that, Hey, this solitude piece, it really just is an invitation to allow God to initiate with me. Yes. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. an opportunity set aside and, um, you know, during those times, I feel like I learned that silence sometimes involves speech, but silence always involves listening, <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. So I sometimes I would talk to God, but but mostly I would just listen. Hmm. And, you know, silence is not the absence of a voice, especially if the voices are the echoes of the presence of God. Hmm. Then... <laughs> Silence is good, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and overall, I, I learned that in solitude, it, it wasn't about getting something from God. It was just about being with Him yeah. and saying, God, I'm just going to set aside a little time, a few hours here, and you can initiate with me. You're God. Yeah. I'm your son. Mm-hmm. I'm your daughter. And I want to choose to give you this space and, and give you this time. Yeah. And and over time, you just kind of learn and growing to discern and, and hear from the Lord yeah. uh, and how he speaks to you uniquely. And solitude is a great way to do that. Yes. And I, I love that point that you make, because really when you when you start this, it can feel pretty painful. You know, yeah. like when you when you turn off the TV, there's a moment where you're like, what do I do if the TV's off, you know, yeah. or when you take out your AirPods or something, you're like, wow, what do I, what am I going to listen to? Uh, or when I, like, there's so many times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do an hour. I'm just going to leave my phone here. Just going to forget about it. Going to go in the other room. <laughs> and then maybe two minutes before I'm like, where's my phone? Yeah. You know, where, where did I put it? Um, mm. I need to check it. Did someone text me? But <laughs> because it, it can be painful because we've, we've been so, uh, sure we've been fed just noise so so constantly just this um just this constant intake of of loud noise all the time Mm. um so it it almost feels against our nature to practice those silent Mm. those silences um but if we just trust god and if we devote ourselves to like hey god i'm going to be still and silent Mm. for as long as it takes Mm. for you to Mm. uh to have your way right now mm. in me, mm. um, then then you're not going to be disappointed if because God honors that. I think God yes. will always honor that sacrifice. Yes. Um, okay, so what, what we our heart with all these spiritual disciplines is that um, we, we believe that really even now as, as college students, this is the perfect time for you guys to be uh, really investigating these spiritual disciplines and, yeah. and learning them and practicing them. 
and in this time as students to be incorporating them just into your daily mm. rhythms, routines, uh, maybe not Sabbath because that's a once a week kind of deal. You probably don't want to Sabbath every day, always. Um, <laughs> your not. grades will suffer. Uh, your relationships <laughs> might suffer. So, uh, but all these things, we want, we want you to incorporate them into your life. And we believe that these, uh, your season as a college student is really the best time to do that, you know, yeah. before you're, you know, neck deep into a career or a family or whatever. Uh, it, it's a perfect time for you to, to, to try these out and figure out which ones really feed you and, um, and, and make them a part of your routine. So we're going to continue to bring these to you just every week over the next couple months. Um, next week, we'll be talking about just Bible study. We're going to be talking about reading Scripture and what, uh, how important that is and, and how you can do that if you've never really done that before. Um, how it can look different from, you know, from person to person. How, how, how you can tune it to, to work for you and, and your relationship with God. But we, we really want you guys just to continue to um, to try these out as they come out and mm-hmm. even try it out with a friend. If you, yeah. have, a, if you have a friend Great from idea. life group and, yes. and you want to uh, get together and practice these out or, or just tell someone, hey, I'm, I'm going to be trying to Sabbath more. Uh, would you just ask me how that's been? Or would you, would you just be an ear for me to, to, uh, to tell all these things that I've been learning or that's been a struggle for me? Just do these things in community. They, still, they work great uh, in community when, when two or more are, are pushing you to yes. develop this, this character, this relationship with God through these spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep coming back for more. We're going we're gonna to keep giving you guys more. Uh, we are so passionate about these. These things are going to, these flow out of us because of how much they've blessed us. Yes. So come back next week and we're going to be talking about some Bible study. But until then, this has been the AFW College Podcast. We'll see you next time.